you know, we talk a lot about the illegal crossers and, you know, the immigration problems, which make up most of the headlines here in Canada. And now there is, I think it's also feeding into this particular issue, but there's a controversial UN initiative that Canada is going to be signing this month. It's called the Global Compact for Safe, Orderly and Regular Migration. Just rolls off your tongue. And it's um it's controversial for a number of reasons. Primarily, I think for making immigration a, a mostly it as making immigration a universal human right, and it would apply to all migrants, even those crossing illegally. But for Canada, it means I think essentially anyone from anywhere around the world then has the right to live here, and so a lot of critics see it as a country with no borders. But those pushing it, like Angela Merkel, say it is the only way to streamline mass migration and make other countries do their share. But a number of countries have pulled out, including Australia, the United States, Poland, Hungary, and, and a few others, because they see it as a direct threat to national security. So what is it? Where, where are the problems? Well, let's bring in someone who likely knows. Chris Alexander, of course, former politician. Uh, also a former diplomat who served as Canada's Minister of Citizenship and Immigration for a couple of years. So has lots of international experience and joins us now. Hello there, sir. How are you, Alex? Where do you stand on this global compact, like this new UN compact uh, migration? Well, I, I don't under uh, underrate, underestimate the, the seriousness of the issues that do divide people in the U.S., uh, Europe and elsewhere. At the same time, I, we cannot afford to have a world where there are no rules for migration. And I think what's important here is the really big picture. The UN and other international organizations have tried to set standards for most of the fields that matter to us. You know, we have a double World Trade Organization. Canada benefits enormously from a rule-based trading system around the world. We have all kinds of rules on security, we have problems on security, but without those rules, things would be much worse. On migration, there have never been rules, and we're in a world where people are moving around, not just as migrants and refugees, but as students, as immigrants, as economic immigrants, as uh, tourists, and so forth. And a lot of countries are basically screwing around with the basic rules. Uh, they're not accepting refugees when they deserve the help of the whole international community. They are, in some cases, sending people out against their will. Uh, in many cases, they're screwing up their economies by not allowing the right talent to go when it needs to go uh, to work for companies. We need rules. And what this compact is about, to my mind, is essentially taking the successful experience of Canada and trying to set it up as a standard for the world. We have, on most days, safe, orderly, and regular migration to and from Canada. We don't have it right now under this government. That's a separate issue that won't be fixed by this con compact. But we shouldn't lose sight of the larger goal, which is to try and have a world where people are treated decently uh, when they're in, when they're persecuted, when they're, when they're facing war and other terrible needs, uh, terrible circumstances. And, and, and we also need it because 
we have a global economy in which people need to move around and Canadians benefit enormously when those rules are in place. Okay, so let's let's talk about why countries like Australia and the United States, why are they pulling out? I mean, they cite things like security and that this would essentially yeah. make them a borderless country. Well, it, I, I think that is just rhetoric, honestly. Uh, no one, first of all, this is not a legally binding agreement or treaty. There's nothing in this that would require Canada to do anything. It's politically binding, which means we all ought to support the goals, but it's actually pretty general. Uh, Why are Australia and the U.S. and some European countries in a different place on this? Because they have faced uh, terrible situations that we haven't faced. Australia had all of these migrants coming in boats, uh, often organized by organized crime, often uh, part of larger issues that affected Australian security. Uh, The United States has had, as you know, over 10 million illegal, undocumented, as we call them in Canada, out-of-status people for decades now because both parties and many Congresses and many presidents have failed to reform the U.S. immigration system. And so it's a politically charged issue there. Here in Canada, we've reformed our system. We've done our part to uh, welcome refugees. We've benefited hugely from economic immigration because our economy has been strong. Uh, We're not in those boats. Safe, orderly, and regular immigration is a reality for Canada, and we want it to be a reality for everyone else, including the United States and Australia. I'm sorry that, you know, lots of politicians and others in those countries can't see their way to the the broader goal, the longer-term goal for everyone. I think most people in Europe can, and let's let's be clear. Angela Merkel, who I think is one of the world's leaders on uh, all kinds of policy issues right now, is, is one of the major hands behind this compact. She um, made a difficult decision to open Germany's borders, uh, but she understands there's an even bigger challenge, which is that Europe didn't have uh, safe, orderly, and regular migration. They didn't have a policy that was managing their border properly. They didn't have a border. And right. Europe, the EU, is not going to function until they get... Uh, those gaps filled. But I think it's the way that Merkel did just that that has put such a chill on this thing because it looks anything but orderly and it has created a lot of problems throughout Europe and I think a lot of Canadians are saying, well, hold on a second. Does this mean that the UN then can tell or dictate Canada who they're going to take? And frankly, Chris, I have a hard time thinking that the current government could uh, deal with this given the way they haven't dealt with uh, the illegal border crossers. I mean, they have fundamentally broken our immigration system because it's now so burdened. So how on earth then um, can we take on more when we can't even take care of what we've got now? Well, I, I agree with you there. My expectations uh, for this government are low because they've shown themselves unable to resource the Immigration Refugee Board properly to do the right thing on the border to ensure uh, people are able to cross safely, uh, to, to keep our economic immigration strong. They've made a lot of mistakes, but that has nothing to do with this compact. When we get a better government, we'll get back to better management of our immigration system. Uh, Merkel did not decide to open her borders because of the U.N. It was a political decision. Yeah. Uh, it was because of shortcomings in EU law that didn't allow the border to be managed properly uh, on the Mediterranean or with Turkey. Uh, this is basically a, a message to the EU that they need to do better on all of this. Regular migration is not something the EU has, and they're going to have to swallow hard to make this uh, a reality. Merkel also took the difficult decision basically to say, we're not taking any more. And most European countries that took a huge number of asylum seekers aren't taking more, including Sweden, Denmark, and others. 
you know, in, in, in the Netherlands, uh, uh, every political party has basically said no more refugees, no more asylum seekers for now. So they've opened their borders. They've also shut them. Neither extreme is good. Uh, and, and what was the real cause of that migration crisis in Europe? Sure, EU policy shortcomings, but basically a war in Syria yep. that no one wanted to deal with. And, and still we don't want to deal with. have a responsibility yeah. for neglecting that. Right. And so uh, just quickly before I let you go, um, would you hit the pause on this? I mean, until this government can get no. their proverbial crap together? Or I mean, how do you not see this exacerbating an already uh, well, exacerbated we, we, situation? We, we, we have to think beyond Canada. We're still part of uh, an international community. Uh, we always will be. And we have to think about what's at stake for the world. If these principles are not upheld, if we're not uh, able to maintain basic standards for migrants, for refugees, for asylum seekers, we're going to see the politics of a lot of countries uh, knocked for six, uh, thrown out of whack, uh, polarization. And I think these basic principles, which are really quite simple, quite unobtrusive, very much reflect what uh, we already have in Canada, uh, should be championed more broadly, and Canada should be part of that. If I had been minister while this was uh, coming forward, we would have been working to make sure that it reflects Canadian interests and that successful Canadian experience is shared with the world as actively as possible. Unfortunately, the current government has damaged our credibility on this, but the, the, the broader objective, the larger objective for the whole world is still very important. And just quickly, uh, that would put you out of step then with a lot of your colleagues in the conservative side of things on this. Well, I think they're out of step. When we were in government, we championed these things. I, I, I chaired a meeting of the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development in Paris. It's basically uh, the institution that followed up the Marshall Plan, uh, where Canada was asked to lead because we're the country where this stuff works. And it wasn't about migration as a whole. It was about how you get the best out of economic migrants, how you ensure that um, they're, you retain them, that their skills are put to good use in a growing economy. And I remember being in that room with a couple of dozen other countries, ministers. They were wrapped uh, at attention, listening to our experience, not just from me, but from our experts, uh, because Canada is seen as a model of how this gets done. A lot of our values, a lot of our successful experience are reflected in the draft of this compact. We don't have anything to be afraid of in this. Uh, the question is, are we willing to lead uh, and to take our example to the rest of the world, which needs it so urgently? And, and if it doesn't get taken to the rest of the world, have no illusions. The dysfunction in Europe, the United States and elsewhere will will hurt us eventually. So I think we have every reason to champion this. I'm disappointed that some conservatives uh, haven't understood how important this is to us and how much this reflects the values uh, that we were pursuing in our successful immigration uh, reforms over nine years in government. Stay years, tuned. Almost. Yeah, well, we'll stay tuned and see where it goes. Chris, thanks so much for joining me. I appreciate it. My pleasure, Alex. All the best. That is uh, Chris Alexander talking to us about this, and uh, it's a, it's a conversation to be had for sure because there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of anger out there on this particular um, issue, and uh, I was a bit surprised to to hear um, Chris's stance on this, but it gives you a different perspective, a different way to look at this. But we'll continue talking about it, no question. Here on Point, I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.